It's time for the SwampSwammySports.com audio podcast. And it's time for a few Super Bowl final thoughts. Last Sunday evening, I watched the Super Bowl game with a couple of old friends back in North Louisiana. As we continue to age, we're starting to sound like those grumpy old men as we try to watch the lengthy telecast, which was frequently interrupted by some very expensive commercials. But before we discuss the game and the referees, yeah, we're getting there, let's talk about those commercials. For every minute of commercials, it cost advertisers $7 million this year. Ouch. And some of those were pretty good. Others were instantly forgettable, and still others probably should have saved their money. (laughs) The three of us laugh knowing that the corporate decision makers spending all that money on the commercials can actually care less about our generation anymore. Those ads are aimed at 18 to 49-year-old viewers, and I'm a little bit older than that. (laughs) That age group supposedly has more disposable income than we do. Well, I'd prefer to say that those younger age groups actually are more likely to part with their money quicker than us oldsters do. On the commercials, here's the one we liked. Dunkin' Donuts. Now, our group eventually figured out it was Ben Affleck who was working that pickup window. That's what happens when you're in the older group. Now, that spot will definitely get more drive-in visits into Dunkin' retail outlets and hopefully cover that $7 million price tag soon. Number two on the liked group, the Farmer's Dog. A fabulous commercial featuring a girl and her dog as they both grow older together. Will they sell enough dog food, though, to cover that $7 million ad? Well, for that relatively unknown dog food company, I actually think they will. And the third, we liked it, thumbs up, went to the T-Mobile home internet commercial. Yeah, the John Travolta Grease reprise. Now, was it silly? Yes, it was. John Travolta and a couple of his neighbors out there singing and dancing a revised version of Summer Nights from Grease out in the street, kept your attention all the way to the end of the commercial for the product pitch. And for that, I say success. Now in the commercials that you can eh, take it or leave it, we thought that the Thank You Canada ad had good possibilities. I didn't know that Canada had actually invented football. But you think they might have used an actual Canadian to do the spot? That actor was musician Dave Grohl. He's from Ohio. Another, mm, probably missed it, was the Pepsi great acting ads. Once we figured out it was Ben Stiller in one of those commercials, and then Steve Martin was doing the other, we all thought that Pepsi laid out $14 million and probably didn't sell a lot of products. Same for the planter's roast of Mr. Peanut. There are too many people telling some pretty weak jokes, but it was a nice concept, though. And finally, on the mm, memorable but not really popcorners, The reunion of the two primary stars from the show Breaking Bad also featured a brief encounter with a villain from the show. Sure, it was fun to see the actors, but when the commercial ended, did anyone remember the product's name? I didn't. And in the sell your stock this week category, because they were so bad, let's give it to M&M's, the Mars people, for that bizarre spot, which was something about clams. Epic fail. The fan duel online gambling, they gambled that people would actually love to watch former tight end Rob Gronkowski make a field goal on live TV. Well, he missed, and so did the ad. And then there's Michelob, which might have been probably the worst one of the night. If you're going to recreate scenes from the classic Caddyshack movie, you better be very clever and very funny. Well, they were wrong and wrong. This may have sounded like a really good concept, 
but it suffered from terrible writing and even worse casting. P.U. And though the Super Bowl was watched by the largest television audience of the year, we were joking about how many of the people were actually inebriated at home and will remember the commercials the next day, here at halfway through the week or even a month later. Okay, now time to discuss the game. My friends and I were hoping we'd see a competitive football game, and it certainly was. When Patrick Mahone's already gimpy ankle was re-injured right before halftime and the Chiefs were trailing by 10 points, KC needed a second-half miracle. And Kansas City Chiefs fans can thank the NFL's lengthy 30-minute halftime show for their quarterback's locker room recovery. As the medical staff had plenty of time to work on the ankle, while the halftime entertainer and hundreds of her Oompa Loompas, or whatever they were, were outperforming aerial acrobatics for the crowd. So in the end, Kansas City rallied in the second half and grabbed its second Super Bowl title in four years on a field goal with just 10 seconds left in the game. Half of America was happy for the 38-35 Kansas City win. And the other half for Philadelphia felt like they'd been robbed by the referees. Let's spend a little time and address the Zebras' performance in the game. There were only nine penalty flags thrown for the entire Super Bowl game. Six went against Philadelphia, but for just 33 yards, and three penalties were called against the Chiefs for a paltry 14 yards. That seemed like a rather small number of penalties for the traditional NFL football games. And much to my surprise, I was able to locate a website today which actually tracks the number of penalty flags which are called in every NFL game this year. This season, a total of 3,154 penalties were called in 284 games, and that's an average of a little bit more than 11.1 penalties per pro football game. Now, that's down just slightly from 11.75 penalties per game in 2021. And 10 years ago, by the way, in 2012, 12.43 penalties per game. So the number of penalties is actually coming down about one and a half penalties over the last decade. So this year's Super Bowl game was not over-officiated if you base it on the nine total penalties called by the game officials. But the holding call against the Philadelphia Eagles during the final minutes of the Super Bowl game was a marginal call. The problem with making such a call at that moment was it gave an automatic first down to Kansas City and allowed the Chiefs to run most of the final two minutes off the clock. Now, I officiated youth and adult sports in recreation leagues when I was a few years younger. A big complaint about officials is not adhering to their own standards established when they start the game. So if you're a baseball umpire and you call the strikes at the knees, be consistent. Do it for the entire game for both teams, and that way you won't be the subject of heated post-game discussions. Likewise in basketball, if you call the fouls tightly at the beginning of the game, the players will adjust and won't push and shove under the basket on every play. They know that your whistle is coming. Consistency counts. Uniquely in football, the referees could probably call holding on the offensive lineman on nearly every play. And the same could be said on the defensive side of the football as the wide receivers try to make their way downfield, but they're roughed up along the way by the defenders. Though it might be fun to see an actually clean game called by the refs for both teams, the NFL game would probably stretch up to another 30 minutes longer or more if the referees called all the penalties as they actually occurred. What most people forget is that the NFL has very strict guidelines with its television partners. They want to have non-overtime games completed in anywhere from a window of 2 hours and 45 minutes to a game lasting no more than 3 hours and 15 minutes. And though we might like our pro referees to call them as they see them, their employer, the NFL, yeah. is looking over their shoulders to make sure that the games finish on time to keep the high-paying networks very happy. 
Would NFL referees be inclined to purposely keep those penalty flags in their pockets late in the game if they already knew that the game was running long? Yes, indeed. <laughs> Some people suggest that Las Vegas bookmakers might actually have a little something to do with these crucial penalty calls, too. Now, I think it's more plausible, though, that the NFL referees are making bad calls or no calls due to the actual time of the game and how many flags have already been thrown on that particular day. The NFL referees are paid by the league, and as covered in a previous post here on SwampSwamiSports.com, their annual pay is about $200,000 a year. These are very highly trained and proficient referees. And to last a long time in the league, those referees are also quite receptive to receiving suggestions from their bosses. If you're going to throw a flag late in an NFL game, you best make sure it's worth the scrutiny. During this week's Super Bowl game, Fox Sports had the former director of NFL officiating, Mike Pereira, providing his opinion on plays which were under video review. Now, I was a bit surprised that the talented former referee was a little bit wishy-washy on how he saw some of the plays. Pereira is paid by Fox to speculate on what the actual on-field referee's decision is going to be on those close plays. And it made me wonder about the use of AI and computers to help make the calls in the booth. Don't laugh just yet. Baseball is going to use robot umpires beginning this season in AAA ball. Apparently, they now have gained enough confidence to try it at a high level. But that's a little bit different setup. You have outfield camera and others from the side. You can get the width of the plate and the height of the players down pretty well. Could this work its way into football? Well, I think it'd be nearly impossible to replace the human officials on the field with some type of computer or whatever, but I could see one particular area which it might be helpful. Instant replays. With all the programmed intelligence in today's computing machines, it might be fun to see how well AI could help make determinations when the instant replays have been requested. And I'm pretty sure that the new Microsoft Chat GPT product or something like IBM's Watson could become an encyclopedia on NFL rules in very short order. Let's test that idea first. What if one of the NFL's TV partners could utilize an AI computer in the booth and render a decision during instant replays coming up this fall? Even if it turned out to be an epic fail, home viewers would be keen on checking out that decision being rendered by the computer compared to the actual booth review being made by the game's referees. Even if it fails, it's a good gimmick. And if it succeeds, then the NFL might want to consider having the booth reviews made by Uniblab or whatever they want to call the replay computer. And when the unpopular decision is rendered to the field, the referees could then point to the broadcast booth and have the fans jeer Uniblab instead. So come on, Fox and CBS, NBC and ESPN and even you, Amazon. Somebody should step out there and take a chance on this before the start of next season. I'm Swamp Swamming. 